Leadership Requested. I'm your host, Jen Rebar, and I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, Juliana Grace. Hey, guys. And today we are actually going to switch up the format a little bit because we are officially in episode one of season two. Woo! And we are talking about intentions versus resolutions for the new year. And later we are going to have Angelo Roberts for our guest, and we're super excited to have him on. But before we get to that, um, we got a lot of wonderful feedback from you guys last year about hearing from our guests, hearing from Juliana and I. And one thing that we did um, take as constructive criticism was that you wanted to hear more from Juliana and I as um, a mother and daughter. So we're going to do that. We're going to talk a little bit more about what we do as a mother-daughter team that works together and some of the things that we do to um, practice better leadership in our family and in our little business here. So one of those things right in the beginning is it's January and everybody starts talking about New Year's resolutions. So I know, Mom, my problem with New Year's resolutions is everybody makes a list and then they're like, okay, this is what I, I'm going to do. And then they quit. And, mm -hmm. I, and I thought about it and I think it's because we don't know how to set resolutions for ourselves. We know how the next person sets resolutions. We know that that super scheduled person can just make a list and follow through. But I have never been the type of person who can just write something down and wish it into existence. I think you're right. I think a lot of it is the big wish list of, I want to lose 25 pounds, or the Regina George of, I, I need to lose that last three pounds. Or it's, um, you know, I want to quit smoking, or it's these big things that you don't necessarily have a plan to get there. Or the plan is so big and so overwhelming that the first time that you mess up, you feel like you're never going to get back on track. So you just throw it all in and you quit. That's one of my problems. I set resolutions, and even if I go day by day, I stop one day and all of a sudden I have one day that I quit and I'm done. I can't do <laughs> yoga every single day because I miss Saturday <laughs> and then I just quit. And I think having enough self-love to say, hey, it's okay that you don't do it every single day. It's okay if you get sick. It's okay if you're not feeling it. Yeah. You can go get back on track. You don't have to give up. It's funny that you brought up the yoga one because <laughs> you know 2020 was this crazy big year, and for me, I set all these intentions and really started off on this healthy path, and yoga was the big one, and I've been doing all of these 30-day challenges with um, our favorite YouTube yogi, and um, I just started this new one, and I, of course, the first one out of the gate, which was 45 minutes, which is a really long one for me, I missed. And immediately I was like, oh, maybe this month isn't the month to do it. <laughs> maybe I should not take on so much in January. It's cliche. I should just wait till February. But I think the difference between setting a New Year's resolution versus really being clear about setting intentions is intentions are something that are universal, you can use them in any different part of your life, and they don't have to be 
new year, new me. It's more of, okay, I'm going to intentionally shut off Netflix at <laughs> 9 o'clock. I need to keep leave it on until 1030 at night before I go to bed. <laughs> um, and I'm going to um, take some time to wind down for myself because I want to, you know, for whatever reason, be better with my health or take some time to quiet my mind or... I'm doing that for my reason, for me, because at the end of the day, that was my priority. I think it's really easy to get off track and make excuses and then blame other things. Well, and I think that's the other issue is you really have to think about how it's going to fit into your life. You mm -hmm. need to make sure that you set that 930 time. I have alarms all in my phone set to tell me when I need to take my vitamins, when I need to stop and do this, when I need to have lunch. And I think part of that is not so I stay on a strict on the minute schedule, right. but just a reminder so that I know to make it a priority until it becomes a priority without me thinking about it. We've done that as well with starting the podcast because we got so excited in the beginning and we created our plan and we had a vision for what we wanted to do. But I think as you get caught up in day-to-day -day monotony or you hit challenges, it becomes really easy to maybe slack off a little bit or find the hurdles um, so challenging that it's easy to not follow through and commit. But um, we really started sticking with intentions um, and being very intentional with our time um, and with with our team meetings because we had our team meetings every week so we started being very intentional about okay as a team we want to accomplish these things so we need to hold ourselves accountable and each other accountable for getting these tasks done and showing up and um making sure that we're following through well and to that point making sure that you like doing it doing something just because you feel you have to isn't yeah. what's going to make you go through it we do yoga, you do yoga because you <laughs> like it. It's not something that you dread every single day. It's not something that you end up doing for a month and just hate your life for it. Mm -hmm. There are some things that you're going to try and not want to do anymore. Or you're going to try and you have to push it off to try it later because you're just not ready. And that's the other thing that's okay. If you find that you don't like something and you're just dreading it and it's just making your day, your week, your month worse... You don't have to keep doing it. You don't have to stay on it. But if it, if you do find your niche and maybe you don't like it as much and you get better, it's all about figuring out what's right for you. Mm -hmm. And on the team meeting point, we find what in the team everybody likes doing or everybody doesn't mind doing. We would never force one of our team members to do something they hate doing because that's just not constructive. Right. And with our intentions, one of them was communication. Mm -hmm. So with our team meetings, it was holding each other accountable for checking in with themselves. So having that check-in point of, okay, how did the week go? How are you feeling about it? And being honest, like, you know, I took this on and I thought I would really enjoy <laughs> doing this, but turns out I really don't. And okay, well, where do you, what do you want to try next? Where, where do you want to go next? And I think it really allowed all three of us to be really um, adventurous with what we did 
but it also allowed us to be a little bit more um, authentic to who we are because we were able to try things and not feel stuck in them. We weren't afraid to try and fail. Yes. Sometimes you fail and we were always very supportive about it. It works the same way in families with chores, we've noticed. Yeah. Chores is a big problem in a bunch of houses and it's not in ours. Not that we don't have our tiffs, but we have found I prefer doing dishes. My brother prefers doing taking out the trash. There's things that maybe you don't love doing, but you don't mind rather than something else. And it is all about communication. Hey, I don't like doing this. Can we find something, another way to do it? And it works just in every kind of team and every kind of group of people. And we had just set that intention um, that we really wanted that clean, peaceful home because all of us worked a lot better when we had our spaces organized. So um, with your brother and yourself and I, I think keeping that intention of we had you know, our moment, our little family meeting of, okay, what do we all want to accomplish with our school semester and our workload and all of our commitments? And how can we all help each other achieve that? What do we like doing around the house? And, you know, like you said, your brother is great with taking out the trash. He takes care of the dog. He will take care of cleaning (laughs) the bathroom, which you and I will hate. Yes. And, you know, I have my chores that I'm good at you have yours and we've all been really good about when we set the intention holding ourselves to a certain level of accountability but then also like you said earlier being gentle when we don't quite measure up because you and I have that type A personality so if we don't hit our gold star we really get very frustrated and your brother's the same way yeah but um being able to be a little bit more gentle and a little bit more reflective about it and not so harsh has been great. So um, I personally say no to the New Year's resolutions because I do think they get left at the bottom of the the barrel, but the intentions and being clear and setting them for yourself and for your family is definitely a preference of of mine. I definitely like intentions over resolutions because I think I love resolutions and I love starting new. I think it's a really positive thing to say this is some this is a time and past this time I'm going to be somebody new. But I think what's important is instead of saying I'm magically going to quit smoking, <laughs> I'm magically going to start working out, I think setting up goals, small goals throughout the year mm-hmm. is something that's important and I do like new year new me, but just not immediately. Like when it hits 12 o'clock, you're not going to automatically just like turn into a new person. <laughs> but I do like having that mark because then you can say, well, I'm not going to exercise. But once it hits January 1st, I'm going to start going to the gym as long as you have that planned out. Yeah. And as long as you don't say I'm magically fit now or I'm magically healthy now, you have to make your intention. Your, your You have to make your resolution your intention and build up to being the new person. You know, I have that book that I love called The Slight Edge, and it has that whole theory that spend 20 minutes a day doing something towards your goal, whether it's read for 20 minutes or work out for 20 minutes or whatever you want to do that puts you towards your goal. And I think as, as people, we spend so much time 
um, being pulled in so many different directions that if you really focus on whatever your priority is and you spend that time focusing on your goals, you can get so much further. And 20 minutes, 20 minutes, we, we all waste 20 minutes so easily. Imagine if you read a personal development book or you did 20 minutes of yoga or meditation or spent 20 minutes of quality time with your kids or your partner or by yourself. Maybe you need 20 minutes yeah. by yourself of self-care. But, um, you know, making sure that you're making yourself and your goals a priority is huge. Yes, definitely. Something I've learned this year and just in general is that as people, it's important to set your in intentions because we're always changing. And if you don't set your intentions for you to be in a positive place, easily you're going to change into someone negative. Make sure that you have your intentions set upwards. Whether you fail, whether you have those negative thoughts, whether you do something that you don't like, set your intentions so that tomorrow you're the new, better person that you want to be. Just always know that you can always change who you are. And that's just, we're, as people, we're never the same person the Const next day. Absolutely. Constantly evolving. Yes, definitely. Well, we absolutely hope you guys love the new format. We have a wonderful interview with Angela Roberts coming up. He has a podcast called The Rambling, and um, he was wonderful mm -hmm. enough to let me be a guest, and I stepped out of my comfort zone <laughs> and um, was the guest on his podcast as well. So I hope you guys enjoy um, our interview. And like and subscribe the podcast. We look forward to talking with you again next week. Hi, Jen. I'm the CEO of Unicorn Drinks. I'm also the co-founder. Um, Unicorn Drinks is a consumer packaged goods startup uh, focused on strategic brand licensing. Uh, we champion self-betterment through promotion and engagement. So we like to say that Unicorn puts the fun in functional. Self-betterment, that is a fun word. What does that mean to you? Self-betterment, oh man. I guess it's kind of like, depends on, you know, it, what it means to me versus what I'm trying to, uh, the dichotomy I'm trying to create in terms of the brand's message um, and the brand platform and what's good for the brand's platform. Um, so that's been one kind of area and then I'd say like the other area of self-betterment is my own self-betterment um obviously it starts with you know like anyone it starts with like mental health um and then as your mental health um kind of improves I think that you're you you, you begin to kind of have a better understanding of your your body's um activities and like what feels good for you um, with dozens, it's different for everybody. <laughs> what works for me might not work for somebody else. Um, I don't know. I think understanding like the mental health piece is is critical to to like self betterment. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I think like you know how how you're perceived by somebody versus how you perceive perceive yourself is like also really important um, towards your own self-betterment. Um, just understanding how people do perceive you and then 
that's right. Being self-aware. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's how I, I, I think of self-betterment. Very cool. I was fascinated by the unicorn drink specifically because as someone who's very into health and wellness, I typically steer away from anything that's brightly colored or, or things like that because it doesn't typically have a lot of health benefit to it. So when I met you and was introduced to Unicorn. The fact that it was health-based was really interesting. And when I found out more about your mission and the fact that self-betterment was so important to you, I just found it very inspiring. What about health products and health food and things like that and something like Unicorn, what was, what was the inspiration behind that? Oh, man. I think a lot. Um, I mean, it. The idea came at like a crossroads of like my business partner's and I's life. Um, I think mainly from like a creativity standpoint, it, it came at a crossroads in her journey, in particular. Um, uh, from a business standpoint, it, it came at a crossroads in my journey. Um, so I think there's like those two. We support each other, like from a skill set standpoint, I think really, really well. Um, you know, I focus on my business stuff. She focuses more on creative stuff um, when necessary. And I think um, the, the unicorn idea has been, um, has been one of those things where um, it, it really struck a chord with people. So, so we've been trying to, tame the unicorn so <laughs> it, it it wants to run off on its own kind of journey and do mm -hmm. its thing with these large large companies um and the value chains that we've built in our country um post-industrial industrial revolution mm -hmm. um, in the 1930s 40s and then right um from everything, right? From the manufacturing side to, um, so I'm going to go on the business side and one day maybe you'll speak with my partner and everybody can talk sure. more about the creative side and where that came from. But um, yeah, tell me how it started from your side. Totally. So, so, so I set out to kind of uh, just, my goal was kind of to disrupt beverage a little bit in, and that's a weird word it's thrown around, but um I guess be a part of beverage that, that industry and um, I, you know I have a small wallet I don't have a huge wallet um, mm -hmm. um, so 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 you know we were very creative in our efforts so so what we did was we started doing a lot of research and development in um, in color in mm -hmm. flavor in texture um, and then in in more so on the science side of, of wellness, right? And right. Uh, what ingredients are used for, uh, the functionality of them, how they impact your organs um, and the human body. Um, and then with that kind of knowledge, um, we began to commerce, right? Like, mm -hmm. so, so, so the commerce side of it came through brick and mortar because again, we have a small wallet, um, mm -hmm. So we're, we're looking to innovate and still capture an audience and gain, you know, um, 
build a community. Um, so while we were building that community and doing our innovation, we had the idea of unicorn. Um, and uh, that came right. So, so now realizing what we've done, right? And then the history of our country, like I was just talking about the industrial revolution and manufacturing, the simultaneously from a macro standpoint, our world has, has supported ideas like this in terms of growth um, recently in the last 15 to 20 years, um, the growth or consumer average growth rates have been skyrocketing in functional, right? So what is functional, um, you know, in consumer packaged goods in particular? Um, and then, so I think that's a really good question to ask. So uh, for years and years, our, our country manufactured um, without much thought involved, you know, using um, chemicals in their supply chains, um, mainly driven for shareholder profit. And um, so, so if you go to a convenience store, they sell candy bars, gasoline, and soda. Um, so, so we are, <clears throat> as a society, trying to leverage the infrastructure that's existing without recreating more infrastructure this, you know, with a bad poor supply chain, but leverage the existing infrastructure to support new functional consumer packaged goods, foods that people can grab and go um, super easy, um, but healthy and focus more on wellness. Um, and that, that doesn't just like hold true for the ingredient supply chains, right? It holds true from, the gas and the emissions, right? So emission standards, we're trying to improve um, everything on that, that type of um, value chain area or sector. Um, so you're trying to um, eliminate gas and oil, have EV cars, um, you know, machines run on um, solar power, wind power. Um, I think the industrial side of what of manufacturing is trying to improve its impact and footprint on the environment. Um, and then you have the actual packaging. So not just the ingredients, but the packaging we're looking for, you know, biodegradable packaging, packaging that is um, easier on climate. Um, you know, our landfills are filled up. So, um, all those types of things that we're doing, you know, as a society, I'm not saying that we're doing all those things, you know, <laughs> um, but um, we fit in there and we have the right, um, I think we have the right outlook on, on what it is to be a, a functional brand. That's fantastic. What is your favorite thing about the product? Your particular favorite thing, flavor, color, packaging. <laughs> Uh, I, I I like the 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 lighthearted um, symbol. I like the the digital assets um, mm -hmm. in terms of the product. I mean, I think it's fun. Um, mm -hmm. And and our pro we're we're so we're a licensing business. So 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 we 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 rely on strategic brand partnerships. Um, and, and we leverage our clients to um, 
create a great product. So we're looking at um, growing categories that are focused on health and wellness, like collagen, um, healthy beverages, um, like fit shake. Yeah. So so we kind of just leverage our, we leverage our unicorn brand, which is our trademark. And then we're looking for partners Mm -hmm. that fit into some of the things that we were kind of talking about before, like engines and, you know, machinery, the way they're doing it, the culture. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're looking to leverage those partnerships to create a successful brand. So what kind of ways do you do that? Do you do that with networking? Are you doing that more strategically um, now that things are a little bit more virtually? How are you standing out a little bit more now with things being uh, (laughs) post-pandemic? Oh, man. So the world has changed. Um, We're Mm -hmm. the same. Um, We're doing a lot of networking um on my side i do a lot of networking um meeting new people introducing myself to new people talking to them about my journey um the the troubling aspect of covid is the impact it's had on 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 so many individuals um you know from an empathetic standpoint i i can see how difficult of a time it is for, for all of us. Um, so with that said, it's important to just have a, a level head um, and, and not be too emotional through the ups and downs. Um, but I think networking has paved a significant road for, for my company. And um, I think um, we've been considerably uh, cautious with how we um, position our brand um, in the market. And with that, cautious, with that cautiousness, uh, we've been able to end discernment. We've been able to um, leverage some really interesting new um, contacts and team members. Um, we're now uh, part of a holding company so our brand is sits under a family of brands um, with uh, a, a strategic brand licensing and growth strategy consulting firm um, called the Valen Group, and, and they're responsible for strategic brand partnerships. Um, so they're leveraging our intellectual property and license to execute brand partnerships that that are long lasting. Right? We don't want partnerships that are. Mm-hmm that are, um, are not, um, a good fit. Um, and, and in the U S it's, it's, it's not that easy because the larger, large, large companies that, that might have a lot of financial benefits to my company, um, mm-hmm. and want to use our intellectual property, um, have, you know, there's a, there's, there's a certain level of, um, the old school way of, of doing things. Um, in terms of manufacturing um, and ingredients, um, that that makes it very difficult for Mike to keep the lid on. The company is 
mission and and it and and really its value. Um, so that's been a challenge. Um, you know, while we want to work with tons and tons of big corporations, um, you know, we still need to um, be mindful of, of what our mission is. Uh, I know, but you. Uh, if it's not good for your brand or if you don't believe that it's good for your brand or you don't feel like it's good for your brand, it, it probably isn't. Um, so, Let's talk a little bit more about that. What would you say? I think that is really hard for people to decide like what is good for their brand, because when you start having success and you start having offers come in, it is very attractive to go different directions. How, what, what would your advice be for leaders who are trying to achieve success, but stay true to themselves? It's really hard. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, we are, I am in particularly in a very kind of interesting situation. Um, our brand has been used um, by some of the largest companies across across the world without our permission. We've been forced to um, send uh, notices. Um, mm-hmm. The and, and again, it's happened again recently. It continues to happen. Um, so you. <clears throat> you need to understand just like where you're at, right? So these things are happening and that's fine. And so you need to take everything at face value and only give credence to um, um, to the purities of, of your vision, right? So <clears throat> if, if your vision is to have a health and wellness brand, um, and the category is growing, you should expect the growth of your brand to kind of run parallel to that index of health and wellness is growth, um, which is slow. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not not fast. I mean, California and New York are just two kind of places. There's a lot of other places um, where that type of thought process is still, yeah, Colorado, you know, but, is still, you know, lagging. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I think significant growth is really, really nice. Um, And you just need to be, find a balance between, you know, um, slow growth and fast growth, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's not really, really fast. Maybe it's not really, really slow. It's like, you don't want to be at a 10, but you also don't want to be at a one. So, you know, healthy is like a six, seven. Um, and just kind of backing out of certain things that get you to that 10. Um, and then obviously, um, eliminating, um, problems that keep you at kind of a one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Slow and steady. <laughs> That's it. That's the name of the game. <laughs> it's really, it's really smart. Yep. 
So what's next for your company? What is the 2020 or 2021, excuse me, like big plan? Oh man. So unfortunately we've made some interesting discoveries um, recently. Um, we kind of have a Starbucks scenario all over again um, for your listeners that don't know about our history is Starbucks um, used our uh, unicorn drink in all of their stores um, globally in, in 2017, um, 2018, we settled and um registered our mark after that kind of debacle um anyway we were successful through it we've recently run in there there's been a number of other fringe um, um fringe infringement of our mark that are you know i don't like um but you know i pick and choose my battles um but this past week one was so blatant um, and it, it is <laughs> massive. Um, it's nationwide. Um, it's wow. food service. So it's in all their dispensing machines across all of their stores. Uh, I think they have about 4,000 locations. Um, it's a, they're running a 55 day limited time offer on a unicorn latte. Um, and it's sold under coffee. So <laughs> And it looks like a unicorn, like exact mimic of our drink. Um, so this one was just very blatant. There's other ones that aren't as clear. So I don't really waste money and time going after those. But, um, this one was, yeah. So, so, so anyway, we're looking, we're looking to partner with them and, and um, that has its own <laughs> kind of conversation. Um, especially but what we've been talking about leading up to this and so right. so i'm kind of in a handcuff situation right where okay health and wellness is really important to me and my brand but this happened they've already launched the product in four thousand locations yeah um, so it's like you know leveraging like what we were just talking about oh, oh. <laughs> And they're not doing it in a healthy way. I mean, it tastes, it looks, it's like 50 grams of sugar, you know, like cow milk and like. So it'll probably sell a ton. It will sell like wildfire. Um, it, you know, they're selling for like a dollar 20, you know, it's in, it's a, it's a nationwide gas station. Um, but that <laughs> is the business person's dilemma because you have that, do you take that money and invest it somewhere else back into your vision of health and wellness? So every business person I think has at some point had that dilemma. Do you Robin hood the situation or do you stand your ground and, and uh, go a course and you have to kind of choose what you do. Will you do. You have to choose your own adventure. You definitely do. <laughs> I, I feel like my adventure is being chosen for me. Um, right. It's like, 
it really bothers me. um, My sun signs in Pisces, by the way. So I'm like all about like good energy and like health and wellness and like feeling good. Crystals all next to my (laughs) desk, right there with you. I'm a Scorpio. (laughs) So you get it, right? I get it. And it, it, listen, this stuff's been going on for generations. This isn't new. So, so if we, you know, crystals have been used for thousands of years uh, before capitalism even started. Um, and health and wellness has been in play before, you know, before there was PR and like mm-hmm. well and good, mind, body, green. Um, it was all still happening. We're all still talking about it. Um, so it's really important that, um, the business and industry adapt, adopt some of these principles. Um, and there are tons and tons of companies out there that are and are succeeding um, by adopting these principles of, you know, health, wellness, functional, um, you know, lower, better emission standards, improved packaging for the planet. All of these things um, we are doing as a society. And that's what makes, I think, our, you know, collective um, you know, so unique. And, um, and, um, I think we, we, sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit and uh, as a society, especially with all these crazy political stuff going on in Capitol Hill and the president, Mm -hmm. vice president, I think just really being honest with ourselves about how far we've actually come, um, as a society, um, and the implication of technology, um, I mean, look what we're doing. I mean, I'm on a video right now doing a podcast. Um, I, when I was in college, I'm 36. When I was in college so was 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I mean, none of this existed. So um, Absolutely. it's really cool. It, I think it's insane to think um, what we witnessed at the Capitol, watching it on TV, um, the emotions it brought back. For me, I, I was watching it with my daughter. Um, it took me back to a lot of the feelings I had watching the scenes from 9-11 and thinking like, how is this happening in our country and the, the violated feelings that I felt and having the, the fact that it's been on my phone and on the TV and everything the last couple of days, the effects on the mental health when you have technology everywhere and you can't avoid it, no matter what you turn on, you're getting some sort of update that raises your blood pressure and heart rate just enough to keep it in the back of your mind. Um, Your mental health is affected, whether we want to believe it or not, because I know when I was younger, um, I'm 38. So 20 years ago, at least you could go somewhere and you were going and shutting it off for a little bit. And we don't do that anymore. And you almost have to force yourself to, because I know that this week especially has been incredibly stressful and I've needed my meditation and yoga and everything else to really center myself because I found so much more anxiety with just the growing concern of everything that's happening. And that health and wellness piece is huge. And while we are having all this technology, I think one of the good things that's come of it is the connection, especially for someone like myself, who's more introverted and 
wouldn't be going outside or connecting with other people otherwise. And now I've been able to do that and connect through the podcast and through meeting people like yourself. And I wouldn't have had the opportunity otherwise. So I appreciate you coming on the show and doing this and, and talking to me and spending the time. Of course, my pleasure to be on, Jen. Um, yeah, um, I think, yeah, I, I feel a lot of those same things about um, our nation and, and our capital and all the events and things. I mean, this stuff's been, this kind of behavior has been, ha- you know, been going on for generations in this country. Um, the, the types of things that are happening are no different than what has always been happening. Um, you know, people like, I'll remain some of the names I'll t- I won't, I won't discuss, but there are certain people out there that, that in positions of power that think what they're doing is unique, um, to, to them. Um, but it really isn't. I mean, there's been coups, um, <laughs> since the beginning of time. Um, and, uh, it's just amplified through technology a bit these days. Um, uh, I think it's it's wild to kind of see what is real, what the actual reality is, and um, for 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 many of us in terms of um, the dichotomy between greed and health and wellness. Um, uh, it's it's nice to see um, that we have technology in place to um, discuss these types of scenarios um, with one another as a civilization, um, not just um, listen and, and be projected onto um, through our broad brand, broadband media like Fox and CNN and so forth. Um, we can also leverage the power of technology to even the playing field um, to discuss the emotional aspects of witnessing all of this stuff. Um, and uh, no, thank you so much for having me on and really appreciate it. I have one more question for you. I always ask a question to all my guests and the question of this season is what advice do you have for the next generation? Oh, wow. That's an amazing question. I would say um, if I had like one piece of advice um, for the next generation, it would um, just to keep it really short and sweet, I would say never give up on yourself um, as much as uh, as much pain and, and intolerance um, that you might be going through at any given point in time. Um, it's important to never give up on yourself. And I'm saying this at a time when there's, you know, um, uh, skyrocketing record numbers of children and teenagers committing suicide. Um, so when I say never give up on yourself, I don't mean, um, you know, don't file for bankruptcy or stop doing your, a business that you thought was cool. I mean, it's very surface level stuff. I'm talking about not like committing suicide. So, um, you always try to get help. 
Um, there's tons of information out there to, to get help. Um, and uh, yes, never give up on yourself. Amazing advice. From someone who struggled with mental health issues, it's important. I came from a really terrible childhood and there's, you can overcome it. it you, can, you can get out. So seek the help you need and there's people there who will help you. Thank you for giving that advice. It was wonderful advice. It's been great spending time with you today, Brett. You too, Jen. Thank you for having me.